Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we'll talk the international break, the senior cup win, the visit of Derby at the weekend, and we pay our respects to Trevor Hemmings. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals, and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, how are we? Not too bad, thanks, Tom. Good. Not too uh, bad. We're coming into this on a little bit of a, a sombre tone off the back of. I'm conscious I just recorded the intro, and obviously we end um, the intro talking about obviously the the, the death of of Trevor Hemmings. Um, we will come on to talk about that. Obviously, uh, we're going to start with the more normal things, the mm-hmm. the the footbally side stuff like that, and then we'll come on to talking about the the um, the, the sad news. Obviously, yeah. we're not we're not passing over that. We'll give it. The respect it deserves in the podcast and give it the time that we, that it deserves as well but we're going to start with the the more normal stuff mm-hmm. um and kind of go from there because i'm sure the the tone will be brought down enough then and we'll just kind of try and keep it fairly light yeah so we'll get straight into it i suppose international break mm-hmm. that's gone thankfully yep. no one likes them or i don't anyway mm-hmm. uh not been too much in from a PNE perspective in the international break, has there? Really quiet in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. a few players got called up, but then didn't go. Mm. You know, so um, it's just been um, Seth Vandenberg, hasn't it? Yeah. Out of the sort of main first team squad on on uh, international duty with the the Netherlands under twenty one side, got on for a few minutes, didn't he? Against uh, Wales on mm. Tuesday night, I think. On Friday, in one of the games, he was an unused sub. So mm. it's nice he's got his first under-21 cap. Yeah, because you could tell he was a bit frustrated. Last time he came back, we saw him briefly talking to someone at PNE, just kind of saying, oh, how would you get on, Seth? And he was like, it was all right, but just didn't get on. And mm. you could sense the frustration he'd been in the camp and not, not getting any minutes. So at least he's got that. And yeah. as you say, obviously, a few people pulled out. But I suppose a quiet international break isn't necessarily a bad thing from a footballing point of view. Yeah, because obviously Ali McCann was called up. Mm. Um, and Daniel Johnson was. Daniel Johnson pulled out of a sort of minor niggle out of the Jamaica squad, which might not be a bad thing when I think I think they got they had three games during this international break. Uh the third of which would have gone I think played today or f- recording today or even Thursday, so God knows what times you know he would have got back. And then Ali McCann obviously got injured in the QPR game, so pulled out the Northern Ireland squad and we'll have to see, you know, we've not heard yet the extent of his injury. Mm. Um, I mean, I suppose that kind of <laughs> wraps it up. There's not a great mm-hmm. deal to, to go into in terms of the international break, but we have had a game mm-hmm. over the international break, uh, the Senior Cup game. Yeah, Lancashire Senior Cup, yeah. PNE 2, Rochdale 0. Mm-hmm. Scott Sinclair got them both. Yeah, you went to that, obviously. I, I yeah. didn't. I was doing some writing up um, after Trevor Emmons's, um you know, passing. So, you know, you, you went off and uh, mm. went down to Exton to uh, have a look at the game. What was it like? Yeah, it was... It was okay. It, I mean, someone came whilst I was there, obviously with the with the PNE media team at the time. They thank, uh, kindly let me basically watch it from inside, and I could plug my laptop in and stuff like that. And someone came over, and was like, "Oh, how was the game?" And I, my response was, it, "It's a game," mm-hmm. and that was about it. It wasn't exactly a classic. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't end to end. There wasn't millions of chances. I mean, there was a few North End could have had more, but they weren't really finding that cutting edge they were never really in any trouble you thought Rochdale looked like a very young side on the day and you thought it could get a little silly at first but then they held their own to be fair to them I thought Adam O'Reilly looked quite good in the middle of mm-hmm. midfield Joe Rafferty looked good at, at right back um, but then that, I mean there wasn't a great deal going on in the game there's obviously the minute of silence before the game which was nice and every single member of staff 
mm-hmm. at Exton, including chefs and all sorts. Anyone that was in the building mm-hmm. um, came out to observe the minute silence on the on the uh, touchline, which was very nice. And then, obviously, a round of applause afterwards, all very well observed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Scott Sinclair gets a couple, which is nice. He, he, the um, the linesman actually flagged for offside for the second one, mm-hmm. and as Scott Sinclair's kind of followed the ball in and then got fouled, and uh, the referees overruled the linesman for the offside mm-hmm. and then given a penalty. Well, so yeah. you could maybe a bit controversial there, but um, took that away. Nice that he's scored a penalty because he's missed, yeah. missed one or missed two one, recently. He, he missed the one against Carlisle the week mm. before. Um, you know, when at the game I covered, the Central League Cup game, he mm. missed one in that, had it saved, and uh, yeah, so... And then um, his, his first one was just basically um, uh, the keeper spilled it. The keeper had a good game, to be fair to him. Mm. Uh, made a few really good saves. Uh, he basically spilled, uh, Lindsay headed, headed it quite low, and then uh, Sinclair's sort of Johnny on the spot just to poke it in. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, it wasn't a great deal to kind of go on about. I mean, most of that, most of that team... Mm-hmm. have got a lot of championship games yeah. under the belt yeah. so you'd expect them to do well they've never really forced too much into higher gears I thought Tom Barkay's not looked very quick mm-hmm. which was obviously a worry coming back from Covid whether he's back to full pace full fitness all that looked very quick mm. um, Jamie Thomas probably didn't have his best game in the middle of midfield um, Josh Murphy looked lively at times kind of faded out a little bit um, but yeah there's obviously the scope but <laughs> It was it's, a, it's, it's different, isn't it? It's a fitness exercise. Yeah, the, these reserve games are very much keeping your match fitness up, and that's why they, that's why he wanted to go into a reserve league. Finally, you know that's what fans have been asking. You know, like mm. you play these bounce games or whatever. You know, to try and keep fit. They got taken away from you during the pandemic. Get some organised football in the reserve league. I think over the course of time, you'll see younger sides. I would have thought being fielded in these games. That that's more the idea of them. But at the moment, when you got Games falling in the international breaks. It's a it's a great chance for people to get a ninety minute run or an hour or whatever to get, and um, you know. So y- y- I think you know these first sort of three reserve games North End have played, and all oh, this was a Lancashire Senior Cup game technically. Um, you are I think you're always going to get slightly more experienced sides being fielded, but uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the the PNE side, there's, there's there is a hell of a lot of experience in there. Like we mentioned. Uh, Scott Sinclair, I mean, Rafty's played mm-hmm. consistently in the championship in the past. Paul Huntington has been at PNE for ten years. Uh, Brad Potts are regular this season. Barkay's and regular until until COVID. And, and Josh Murphy's played at this level mm-hmm. a lot. So it, it is a very good side to be able to to put out. But it yeah. kind of shows, I suppose, the depth of this squad and, mm-hmm. and players that just kind of need match minutes. Yeah, I, I, one thing I was pleased about as well. So Adam O'Reilly, you mentioned him earlier playing in a midfield role, mm. which is his natural position. The reserve game I covered the week before, he was having to, sort of, he filled it at right back. Um, I've seen him, the previous reserve game to that, I think he was at right wing back and then went to left wing back and then went into midfield. And I think there's a lot of promise in that lad, mm. you know, but he's in a really congested area of the squad. So for him to get a midfield run, albeit, in a, in a in a Lancashire Cup game, you know, it, it was ninety minutes in, the, in his rightful position. And yeah, uh, and he looked good. He looked dynamic. Looked looked tenacious. And it was that kind of it was more that sort of ratting role a little bit, the more yeah. deeper one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of had Potts and uh, Thomas in front of him, but he did it. He did it well. And you know, it's it's nice to see, like you say, because I think for him and Baxter and probably Walker, who have kind of been on the fringes longer than most mm-hmm. recently, it's nice to see them 
perhaps almost getting somewhere or getting something yeah. back and getting something out of it, which I think plenty of any fans would welcome really yeah when you, you think about it now the sort of the focus seems to be very much on what's in the academy at the moment mm. Lewis Lee signing a pro contract Josh Seary Noah Mwenny yeah. etc Rodwell Grant yeah there's been a lot of focus on that that group and the first year pros yeah but the sort of you say O'Reilly and uh, Ethan Walker who made the debuts for yeah. North End back in uh, New Year's Eve 2018 you know Walker was 16 the youngest player to appear in the league and then you got Jack Baxter there that group of players were a couple of years further mm. on aren't they two or three years further on they seem to have got a little bit lost in the system mm. with with not having the reserve side not, not having that pathway yeah. yeah not being able to show the talents off on a regular basis with the, with the pandemic as well mm. obviously got in the way of things you know with bounce games and Football shutting down and loan opportunities to other clubs being cut because of not not a lot of non-league football played. Yeah. So they're in they're in that little I don't know they're in a little bit of a purgatory area, aren't they? Where yeah. you know not here or there. So Walker's on loan at AFC Fylde at the moment. He's got a goal at the weekend. Baxter's just gone to Radcliffe on mm-hmm. loan. He's got at the weekend. Yeah. O'Reilly's knocking around now in the you know more you know getting a little bit nearer. I would say. Um, was he on the bench for one of the cup games? I think he might have been mm. on the bench for the Cheltenham game or one of the others. So he's he getting there and about, there and thereabouts, you know. But I say that age group, that sort of 19, 20 sort of age group, just seems to have fallen a little bit by the wayside, you know, got lost yeah. a little bit. So They were kind of the year before Tyrese Dolan as well. So it yeah. kind of moved on from Walker being the sort of star boy of yeah. the academy to mm. Tyrese Dolan. And then once the pandemic hit, yeah. And costs were cut almost in the academy area. Mm. There's kind of been that lull, yeah. And Alex Neal wasn't particularly forthcoming in giving those players the opportunity. The loans they could get weren't mm-hmm. weren't stellar. Maybe no. they weren't they weren't high profile or anything like that because they're not able to show what they can do. Because once they pass the academy stage, they weren't getting match minutes at senior level. There's little that clubs can go off to yeah. to give them a chance at a higher level. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully, you know, they can play catch up and get a little bit of a chance. And mm. then there's just another name you threw in there, Joe Rafferty, you were impressed mm. with. Added to the 25-man squad on Monday. We yeah. got the news confirmed. I did the story on Monday in the paper that Connor Wickham had been withdrawn from the 25-man squad with the EFL permission because his injury was going to sort of go on beyond the length of his contract yeah. in January which is a shame fourth. it sounds like it's a really nasty hamstring injury it sounds very similar to the ones Callum Robinson Sean Maguire and Greg mm-hmm. Cunningham had a few years ago where I think your muscle comes away from the tendon it's not just a tear it's like stitching it all back together you know mm. and stapling it back on you know and it's I think I remember Callum Robinson telling me it was a 14 week job I think it right. was you know which is quite a long term injury mm. so anyway we did that stood that story for the Monday's paper and, and later on in the day North End confirmed it and we, did, we didn't know at that point who they were going to add to the squad um, and, but apparently the sort of ruling from the EFL is they do allow an injured player to come out of the squad but if you've got players on your payroll already there who um, haven't been in the squad that's where the replacement has to come from you can't go out and just mm. get another free agent for example 
I don't know if North End were looking that way, but that you know that's how it turned out anyway. And uh, so it was really between Rafferty, Jamie Thomas, and Josh Harrop. I think Harrop's injured. We've not heard a lot about Harrop. I, yeah. I get the feeling he's injured at the moment. He's not been featuring any of these sort of balanced reserve games, is yeah. he? Um, so and they've taken while well, it's Wickham who's come out as a forward player. They've had a way up. You've read I've read Frankie McAvoy's comments on the on the club website about um, you know he weighed up who to bring in, what what would balance it out properly, and they decided that um, Rafferty as a defender probably offered a, you know they've obviously fielded a little bit short at wing back, right back, or mm-hmm. he can play on the left. I don't know. So because uh, you're still without for how long we don't know but you are still without Matthew Ola Sunday and have been yeah. so far all season really yeah. The, yeah because he got injured early in pre-season I remember talking to Frankie McAvoy about Ola Sunday a couple of weeks before the international break and he was back out running on the grass but I think he said then that he, I asked about there's a reserve game during that international break is that a, a realistic target for him and he seemed to indicate that might be a little bit early to get him involved in match action. I suppose if all of a sudden missed most of pre-season, yeah. he, he almost needs a pre. He'll be doing a sort of mini pre-season with with the with the fitness staff to catch up. You yeah. know, hence we've not seen him in, in you know in any action. Yet, and he'll have so. to get back used to contact and all yeah. that sort of stuff because he'll have missed all that. Yeah, the usual things in training. He'll he'll yeah. have been eased in again. Probably no contact at first yeah. and all this sort of stuff. So yeah. he does. We don't, have a we don't long even way know. Yeah, we don't even know if he's training yet. Yeah. You know, I know he's running, but whether he's training or not, I don't know yet. So maybe that's with the thinking with Rafferty. Mm. Rafferty did well playing against Cheltenham in the last round. He scored. I'm not saying that automatically qualifies you for a place, but maybe as a senior pro, it's the right thing for him to do. Yeah, you and know, then- I'm not, you know, I've written about Jamie Thomas at the weekend. I think. I was really impressed with him in the reserve game last week. He mm. said he wasn't as good this week. That's fair enough. Um, but sometimes he, he, you know, he's coming back into the pro game after mm. being out of it. You know, North End are, are working with him. You know, developing him, in, and maybe you know they just thought, look, Rafferty's a more realistic prospect for mm. the bench and for being in and around the squad week in week yeah, out versatility yeah and and Jamie Thomas you know he, he's, he's one of these players he can work with they've got time to work with he can, yeah. he can give him the reserve time the, just training with the first team at the moment is helping his development mm. maybe they can get him to a level by January when maybe they can lighten the squad a little bit and room can be created you know so. yeah and if you think about the last game where you've got a couple of defenders <laughs> missing or yeah. you're picking up a few injuries to centre halves recently they, they've been a few scares yeah. if you're having to bring Greg Cunningham inside for example mm. that limits you at full back yeah. again where Rafferty can fill in or potentially I don't know as a, as a right centre back or something like that yeah. but you know it gives you that option yeah Rafferty's well. not everyone's cup of tea I know that I understand mm. that but He's there, he's contracted as a senior pro, he's got some experience, he's a very popular lad in the dressing room by all accounts. Yeah. And so, you know, things like that have to be weighed up by the head coach, sort of, you know, what, what squad harmony for, you know, example. Yeah. So it is harsh on the ones who've got left out, and I'm sure the plan wasn't in the summer to have People 28, to 29 nothing, pros yeah. sitting there, you know, economically, it's not the best thing to do, you know, but uh, it's a position they've been left in. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, th- there's been times in the past where Joe Rafferty has been hailed by PNE fans. There's been times where it, people have been calling to get Joe Rafferty in because he's a bit more solid at the back and things like that when he's been in good form. So he's he's got it in him. He, yeah. he can be 
one of the, the better players in that defence on his day. So yeah. it's not a bad he's not a bad no. uh player to have around. He's a steady Eddie, isn't he, to yeah. have, you know. So you know And he won't be costing yeah. the earth. No, he won't be. He's in the last year of his contract as well. If in the longer term there's not going to be anything for the end of him, mm. you know, the end uh, north end here. Beyond this could, season, yeah, the could be, you know, it could be a shot window job as well, you know, mm-hmm. if he does, if he does feature. So, uh. yeah, uh, we'll move on towards the weekend mm-hmm. against Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a pretty eventful season so far. For yeah. Derby, you went very high pitched there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, suddenly, you know, uh, you went back to your thirteen-year-old self, know, yeah. there, mate. <laughs> um, there, there's been a few things going on. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, I've won I've, a few games. Yeah, lost a few points. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 12, they've had twelve points off for administration. But yeah, probably shows have not started too badly because the, the, yeah, you know they definitely. are above zero. Are they on two points? Two now? points. Yep, so, one three drawn five. They've only lost three of their eleven this season. Yeah, so that's not they're not cut adrift, are they? No. You know, but they're appealing that twelve point uh, um, mm. you know deduction as well. They want it halved down to six on COVID grounds. Now they'd be mid table. They'd yeah. be. Um, 13th yeah otherwise now Wigan Wigan appealed on similar grounds and had that rejected Mm -hmm. and they went down as a result you know Mm. if they um, so apparently the legal process costs about 400,000 for this now but where Derby will look at is that um, the difference between solidarity payments between the championship and league one is about four and a half million so spending it on that, you know, if if you were, you could end up, you know, a really good save. Risk and reward. Yeah, it's risk and reward. But again, you could look at it, you know, Derby had ducked and dived, bobbed yeah. and weaved. Yeah. They do, we, we all thought 12 points was it catching up on them. Yeah. But, Definitely, you know, because it, 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 it was nearly last season, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. We were talking about. Yeah, this. it so should have should have come off last season, really. You know, but um, you know, so if they were to win an appeal to take it down to six, I think the, quite a lot of teams in the football league would frown at that. And, and I'll tell you one thing, Wigan would. The, yeah, yeah, the cynical side of me as well, though, is thinking if anyone is, it's going to be Derby because yeah. of the way they've they've avoided it for so long. Yeah. When you're going, how on earth are they doing it? It's so obvious that they're not doing things right, selling the stadium, all these little loopholes that they do. Mm-hmm. And if anyone can squirm out of it, I would probably say it's them. Seems to be, yeah. The thing is, as well, they they could have another nine coming off from the football league for for the EFL for breaching the financial sort of you know the various finance issues. Right. So the you know they they could still they could still be left with a minus twelve plus a minus you know another nine off, which would make things uh, extremely and, and at what, tough at that stage. If you do go for the four hundred thousand pound appeal yeah. and you get minus nine anyway, that's just money thrown yeah. away. But yeah. I suppose that's nothing new at derby no um if i mean and, and the thing is i suppose if they're going for that the appeal mm-hmm. someone buying the club isn't going to really scoff at an extra 400 grand added on so i suppose it's it, there's not a great deal for them to lose but quite a lot but to argue the covid you know that a lot of the losses came through covid wigan argued the same thing mm. and the panel turned them down on that so yeah. that's the precedent for us yeah, I, know, I, I know each case should be you know individual but you know but there has to be a certain look of what's happened in the past. Yeah, as well, I know. saw someone saying, you know, this Derby thing will set a precedent, and I think one of our the Wigan right Paul Kendrick's reply saying, "Well, Wigan, haven't the Wigan, hasn't the Wigan case set the precedent?" Yeah, like, yeah. and and the Wigan, I think Wigan's so much different as well because the owner was so malicious with his approach; he just did not care for the no, club no. and mm-hmm. just and just completely 
took advantage. Yeah. Whereas Derby, Mel Morris has played the game. He's been he's been doing this deliberately. He's been trying to push the boundaries constantly. So if anyone deserves sympathy, it's Wigan and not Derby. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll just have to see how that one goes. We have the arguments, mm. but I, th- I think if. If if it's any other verdict than no, it stays at twelve. I think Wigan fans will feel very aggrieved and rightly yeah, so. Rightly, I think, yeah. And I think a lot of football with, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they started the season at Derby, wondering whether or not they'll even get a team out. I think it was two days bes- before or something. The season started. They managed to to be able to register the the players, yeah. and to be fair. They do have largely a, a championship team, mm-hmm. you know. There's the even though it's it's kind of almost held together with tape at times towards the start of the season. You know, uh, Nathan Burnett, right backs, played at this level for quite a while. Richard Stearman, Curtis Davies, Craig Forsyth, all experienced. Got Jaggy Elker in there, haven't they? I think he's injured though at the moment. Yeah, um, Tom Lawrence is is captain. Yeah, and you know he's what was he? How much did they pay for him? Pay like eight million pounds or something like that, yeah. Yeah. from Leicester because he did well at um, Ipswich. Yeah. You think he might be one in January who they could sell? He'll be on thirty grand or something. He'll be on a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so they they do have a decent enough side. I must admit, I didn't think much of of Wayne Rooney as a as a manager last season because of how poorly they were doing. But for the start they've had, for the disruption they've had, and all that sort of stuff, I think he's done a pretty good job this season. Yeah, he's done he's done fine so far. Yeah, so uh, um, we just have to, you know, how how things transpire with the points and whatnot. That, mm. um, that might determine a few things. You would have thought. Yeah. How administration goes. They drew last time out against Swansea nil nil mm. and beat Red in the game before. So they're sort of in a. I mean, a little bit of form. Yeah. I mean, they got beat by Sheffield United before that, but have beaten Stoke recently, drawn with West Brom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've got a few good results in yeah. there against some good sides as well. To beat Dar- uh, to beat Stoke, sorry. Yeah. That takes some doing this yeah. season, I think. Yeah, because we were impressed with Stoke when mm. they came here and then they Stoke followed it up by beating West Brom the following game, mm. you know, so they do look decent, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I think it, I think it's going to be a tough game. I yeah, okay. I, I think they need to, be, they need to be on it. And I think... and, and we're obviously going to talk about this quite a lot in probably the next week or so, but mm. I think North End need to start finding some wins before the Blackpool game. Yeah, if nothing, yeah. I know it's only I know it's no, you've got to concentrate on Derby, you've got to mm. concentrate on Coventry, yeah. all this sort of stuff. I think you have to have that in mind, and you have to start setting down a marker, setting down yeah. a better standard to lead into that huge. What's going to be a huge game? They've got two home games. These are key. I, th- I think they need four points out of them. Definitely mm. six will be ideal. But you know you want you want to be going to Blackpool, which you know you know it's one it's one game in the season Blackpool, but it's such a mm. such a big one. You know, yeah. like I said the Harvey. It's you like, know, what it's, six years in the yeah, waiting or whatever? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's nearly eleven years. Well, since yeah, we went I suppose, over there, and you know, and, yeah. and you know seven or eight since we played them at Deepdale. So it's the one people have been focused on, yeah. you know, and um, it's part of football, isn't it? A really good local derby. And, you know, North End want to be getting something from that game, so they want to be in a bit of form. Yeah, they? they need to start need to start hitting the straps a little bit and, and start pushing towards it. It'd be interesting as well to see how fitness is going to play a part in this game. Obviously, we mentioned earlier about people like Ali McCann and Patrick mm. Bauer had the dead leg. The little things came, like that. Sean Maguire came off, yeah. So. Yeah, so what... Frankie McAvoy has available for him this yeah. weekend yeah. 
could dictate quite a lot. It could. I would have thought Bauer would have recovered. It was a mm. dead leg. It's, it's one of those, you know, you get a dead leg, it's, it's damn sore at the time, but it's a knock, isn't it? It's one he's had getting on for two two weeks to, you know, to recover yeah. from. I'll have had all the massages and yeah, all the stuff that you need. Yeah, I would have got the bruising out and things like that. I'm sure, yeah. I'd be I'd be surprised if we didn't see him back. I think Hughes will be back as well. He had his toe injury and missed um, a couple of games leading up to the break in the QPR one and the Stoke one. So, I think they missed Hughes. How uh, big will that be? I think very big because, you know, mm. like, if you sat here at the start of the season and said, yes, we'll miss Andrew Hughes, you know, like, again, not everyone's cup of tea at the time, but mm. I think he's proved himself on, we've spoken, that left side of the three. I think he's been very good there and I think noticeably they have missed him. Mm. Find a different kind of player there to him in Greg Cunningham, you know, like... Um, so, but, you know, if they could get Hughes back and they could have Bauer back, that'd be important. Yeah. Then that's the defence sorted. Then it's obviously McCann and, and Maguire. McCann, like, he rocked his ankle. He had a block tackle at mm. QPR. He, he, you know, it was a sore one. That It's a bit, you know, probably a sprained ankle order for. Mm. So hopefully touch wood, not too long. Whether, you know, we'll get more of an update when we see Frankie McAvoy at his pre-match press conference. Uh, but you you think it hopefully not too long, even if it's not ready for this weekend, hopefully not too much further. And then hopefully Touchwood the same with Sean Maguire. So, um, you know, so... Didn't I, give her too much about that. It's like a twinge no. in the hamstring yeah, on a result of being stood yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a sort of running along and suddenly getting, oh my God, you, you know, you see players running along at a sprint and suddenly the, the yeah. hamstrings go on it. You pull the, up. the sniper sort yeah, of scenario. You know, so so you, you'd hope that it was more an impact thing. And and again, if it's not going to be this weekend, you hope not too far beyond that, you would have thought. Yeah. I think if it had been anything more serious, like a Wickham style mm. type of injury, you'd have heard by now, you know. Like, yeah. Um, so I know it's on his Instagram. I think he was knocking around in Spain at the weekend. Oh, you know, so, Alan uh, Brown was in Rome. Rome, so. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was went jealous. In Rome. Yeah, 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 I won't mind that. I've been, to, been Rome. to Rome. It's what, amazing. One of the places I'd like to go to. Oh no! In, in he, on his Instagram, he was showing him in the tre- Trevi Fountain. Yeah. When I went to Rome, the Trevi Fountain was drained mm. and it was just covered in scaffolding. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what, a, what a lovely yeah. view! This and welcome, and welcome to our travel blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you went around to, you've been to? Yeah, and no. the, the scalps that come around for the uh, skip the queue thing yeah. actually worked. Yeah. I gave them the money and it worked. There you go. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a big game. They've yeah. got to win set the tone and I think I think you could well end up seeing that same team we've seen for a long time come back because Ali McCann was the only introduction yeah Um, you've now got Hughes and uh, you got Hughes back hopefully Bowers fit Mm -hmm. you could just go back to what was working yeah beforehand what will be interesting if McCann's not fit he obviously he dropped Whiteman mm. to bring McCann in, and then when McCann went off at QPR, he put Alan Brown in, mm. who apart from the goal, the, his part in the third goal when he had his clearance charge down, I thought he did pretty well. You know, yeah. so it'll be interesting there. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Let's see. But one thing that this leads us in now, the plain derby, mm. the big thing is on Saturday, admission is five pounds. Yeah. Cut, yeah. cut by North End to five pounds. All proceeds all gate receipts donated to charity yep. in memory of Trevor Hemmings who North End's owner who, who he died on Monday night suddenly age 86 Tom's our chance to sort of talk about Mr Hemmings and uh, whatever you know the the work he did at North End you know it can't be underestimated and it's yeah. uh, 
was an incredibly, you know, it was, I don't know, a, sh- a shock. It all came as a shock on Monday night. And um, yeah. I think, I think you know, the football community in Preston is still shocked by it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, so. the whole city. I mean, mm. it, 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 it's up there with, obviously, when Sir Tom Finney died, in that he was not just a, a Preston North End Mm-hmm. figure yeah. he, he was someone who impacted the whole city yeah. and did more than just kind of be involved with the football club um, as you mentioned the, the tickets for the game are all five pounds and every, all, Wonderful the, all proceeds yeah. are going yeah. to charity supported by mm-hmm. um, Trevor Hammonds I think I'm I'm trying to keep up to date with it on Twitter as we're recording now, recording at half one on Wednesday, mm. trying to keep up to date with it in whether there are fans asking because of the situation at Derby, their ticket office closed at 12 o'clock today. Yeah, they're on restricted in terms hours, of, aren't they? Yeah, so they can't buy any more tickets between now and Saturday. So there's talk they're trying to get pay on the day possible at PE so more mm-hmm. Derby fans are able to buy tickets. I've seen already that there are fans of Bolton, for example, offering to pay for a family of four to go. People like that that he, that Trevor Hemmings helped out, obviously yeah. helped out um, when they were in administration. Helped yeah. out Bolton and things like that. So there's there's a huge sort of appetite to get involved and mm-hmm. and to make this mm-hmm. such a nice occasion. And really that's all stemmed from the top where the club has done this amazing gesture to yeah. be able to make it as accessible as possible and to, to be able to sort of celebrate his life. It's always a fitting tribute, isn't it? You know, like with football, what's the most fitting tribute? It's, you know, he owned the football club. Let's turn up and make, you know, f- fill Deepdale as much as you can on, you know, in the next home game. That that that'd be, that'd be the ultimate tribute, wouldn't it? You know, we, we can all give our you know thoughts on the matter and everything mm. but if we can all go there bums on seats you know sat down in the ground you know sort of the club which we've all got you know the feeling yeah. for we're all we, we all go for the same purpose don't we so if there's I, I don't know I don't know how many will come through the turnstile I don't know how many will take up the offer but mm. I would think it'd be a, a good decent amount and you know if the, if the place isn't full fair enough but if if, if the attendance is Way above what the average has been, I think that's the that's the best tribute you can have. That more people turn up on Saturday than would have turned up otherwise. You know, it's um, you know, it's an, as you say, it's an attractive match. You know, you've got the you've got the three for two bundles being mm. sold, for example, and it's all still a part you, of it. Yeah, you know, it all still part of it. So you know, it would be great. It would be lovely to see. Um, you know the, the the place Deepdale as full as mm. you, possible. You know, so those who have paid full price for tickets can ask the club for a refund yeah. of the the difference of, mm. that's now been discounted. Otherwise, it will still just be one hundred percent will be donated to yeah. to charity for whatever has been paid. That's great as well, isn't it? You know, they, they could have just cut it to a fiver and left it at that. But yeah. to then donate the next step, yeah, is to donate to charity. And charities of Trevor Emmons's choice. Yeah, I think that's that's wonderful. That yeah. you know that 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 goes above and beyond that. Really, you know, it's like yeah. fair enough. It's a fiver if it was going into the club. No, it's a, every five of your pay. Yeah. it's going to some helping They're some charities. They're not just cutting profits in, no. in in one respect. They're just taking them all away. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not about. It's not about the the finance yeah. on the day. It's about remembering. Um, yeah. Well, what is it? When, when, when they release that at sort of nine o'clock on Wednesday morning, I was looking at. It, I was stunned there. Mm. I thought, what a what a really nice gesture that is. I thought that's really good. Yeah, there's been a discount as well for hospitality. So for anyone 
listening who is interested, the uh, Invincibles Lounge, £75. Sir Tom Finney Lounge, £65. Guild Lounge, £65. An executive box is £950 based on 10 people. Mm-hmm. So, and a uh, little plug it to um, book hospitality, uh, email commercial at pne.com or call 0344 856 1960. So, the more I, I, I do that because the more people there, the better. The more, I mean, even for, for one game, the discount on hospitality might make it accessible for those that I've always wanted to go in hospitality, but I can never quite, you know, little things yeah. like that to make make it an occasion for those that go, mm-hmm. but also it's still an occasion based yeah. off of the legacy that, that Trevor Hemmings is leading, yeah. uh, leaving. So it, it kind of all, it's all sort of intertwined and I think it's it's brilliant in that and respect. And in the normal parts of the ground, you know, the other parts of the ground, like you can take a you know, family of four who aren't season ticket holders, for example, 20 quid for four of you, you know, mm. so... There's not a lot yeah. you can get for 20 quid these days. Yeah, it? exactly. Especially in football, you see the prices yeah. to, mm. to, to some of the away games, which we've flagged this season and stuff yeah. like that. And mm. to be able to, um, you know, take away all that, that the stress about money for the game, just to, to make sure people are able to celebrate his life Yeah, is, is brilliant. Yeah, so it's sort of, we're coming... We're sort of coming to an end of an era, aren't we? You know, with, yeah. with, with Trevor Emmons owning the club. What what happens next? I think it's a little bit early to speculate on. Mm-hmm. I think we'd all be guessing it could stay in the, the Hemmings family. It could stay in the Ham- Hemmings family shorter term and then longer term. They look for something else. We just don't know. It's safe think- to say that there will be plans in place oh, yeah, no yeah. matter what, though. Yeah, for, yeah. For, for anyone worried yeah. or anything like that, yeah. the club, I, I th- as, as far as I can understand, is that there is there is things in place yeah. that at least for the foreseeable future yeah. Yeah, the affairs are in order. With Trevor Emmons owning the club for eleven years and having put the money in he has, you know, like share issues um over the last whatever I think amount to about thirty seven, thirty eight million. Mm. And that's just what we're seeing in the sort of public you know, like the amounts being put in, there's other amounts like behind the training ground and everything. Y- you're looking at seventy or eight million 70 to 80 million I reckon mm. at least put in he had to buy the club as well um, now for someone to have put that much money in over the years that this much time and effort mm. you're not just going to think well when I pass I'll leave it and that's it and it all goes to waste you, there'll, there'll be some succession plan there mm. you know so um, but you know it's just a little bit early I think to, to you know to start speculating about that mm. you know so um that that'd be for something for the family and the club to you know announce when when they're ready or the foot yeah and a, a little bit more but it will be it is an issue going forward you know people will want to know sort of what's happening to mm. the club i sort of you know support and love you know sort of you know what it, what will the ownership look like mm. but i think i think we're, at the moment we're in a sort of a period of respect you know yeah. uh, we've got to sort of let things sort of take take a course at the moment and the main takeaway is that you don't need to be worried no so no, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. don't worry mm-hmm. we don't but at the same and so at the same time we don't really need to be asking too many questions at the moment mm-hmm. let let this pass especially this week with the, yeah. the remembrance mm-hmm. of the game mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. the funeral all these sorts of things that need still need to take place yeah and then, you know, but mm. in the meantime, you can have that sort of peace yeah. of mind that no well, Trev- one needs Trevor to Emmons has got a lot of companies, hasn't he, in different, but you know, hospitality and building and everything. Both businesses carry on. Mm-hmm. North End will carry on. Mm-hmm. It just depends how, you know, further down the line what happens after that. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, he leaves a legacy, don't he, Tom? You yeah. know, it's sort of... Um, yeah. 
I, I, you know, d- d- you know, done bits, done research on him and, and whatnot for you know this event, and he joined the board in April. 1973 hmm. as vice chairman that was his first official involvement in North End um, not, he was vice chairman for a few seasons but I think really since then he Trevor Emmons was always around you know like in the background a little bit more yeah. not always on the board um, you know in I know when Backseat, for example, the backseat years, you know, a little bit before your time, but yeah. a, a real big important part of the, you know, the club with three sides of the ground getting developed during that time, etc. Um, a rebirth of the club. I've done a piece today with Brian Gray, who was chairman of the, at the time, chairman of back, you know, you know, part of the backseat partnership, and he said it was Trevor Hemmings who brought local businessmen together who ran the club at the time and said, look, this is this is a way forward. Let's get backseat involved, and then. The club was floated on the on you know on the stock market, and I know Trevor was Trevor Hemmings was one of the um, I think he was the highest individual shareholder um, without owning enough shares to have to launch a takeover, etc. So he was always there in the background and you know whatever guardian angel of sorts. Yeah, I mean? almost. Yeah, and then um, when when the time came, I know when. Friends of PNE owned it after Baxi, you know, mm. Derek Shaw era, Steve Jackson, and then, you know, that era moving on. I think, you know, Trevor Hemmings was always there as a sort of a shareholder in the company, a big share with a big say. Mm. Um, and then in 2010, the time came, they got the winding up petition, an unpaid tax bill, and it was then that he launched a takeover, brought shares off people, offered shares. And he's on the club. I think yeah. I think he launched his buyout bid in early June 2010, and it was completed that summer. So we're looking at an 11 year outright ownership of the club, you know. So um, and you know the where, where are we now? You know, a solid championship club. Now mm-hmm. we've always had the argument. You know, I'd I'd love to be pushing on. This is a seven season at championship level, but. The club is where it is. It's run well. It's on a solid footing in the championship. Mm. Um, you know, n- no external debt, which was a really big thing for em- Trevor Hemmings, yeah. wasn't it? That yeah, you don't want don't want to be owing money to other people. Basically, yeah. the any any debt, there's a, the debt is incurred to, to him. Yeah. Really, you know, that's how owners that's how owners work in football, isn't it? Clubs have debt, but it's too. It's like Chelsea; the debt is to Roman Abramovich. You know, yeah. it, that's how it works. You know, like Newcastle's debt eventually will be to Saudi Arabia, etc. Yeah. Um. So, but you know that that's a big thing. You know, and uh, what as I say, whatever happens with this club going forward, whether it stays in the family, whether it goes to another owner, they're, they're on a steady footing to take mm-hmm. it on. You know, and if the you know, if if it can be taken on further, you know, you take the next step. You will need a lot of money to do that because yeah. it's on a good setting, but you're going to need still need what Trevor Emmons was putting in. Mm. Plus, if that wasn't deemed, you know, enough to get you to that next step, you need that next sort of yeah, you, know, you need ne- to in- another layer of investment on top of what yeah, you what need was to invest coming. enough to sort of survive, and then you need to invest on top of that yeah. to push on. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me as a PNE fan, whilst he's been in charge, I've just always been grateful that you've got that peace of mind. You see so many other clubs around faltering and yeah. falling away in, in suspect ownership, but you know that was never going to be the case no. under under Trevor Hemmings, and that's yeah. that's I think 
was worth so much when you see the next club in line that's going through all this and you think, I know for at least whilst he was in charge of the club, I know that's not going to be me stressing about whether my club's going to be here. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to Mark Lawrenson um, yesterday. Um, thank, thanks to Mark for, for taking me call while he was having his breakfast at a friend's <laughs> a friend ca- uh, cafe. But, you know, he chatted away happily about Trevor Emmons. He'd known him since the 70s. Mark's stepdad was on the board with Trevor Emmons and Mark was a player there. And Mark used a phrase, he said, you know, uh, it is a bit of a bone of contention, yeah, they're not being in the Premier League when other clubs around here have. But he said, you get the wrong owner, and to mm. fre- use his phrase, it can be carnage. Mm. Now, that anything but, you know, yeah. the press, you know, steady. So, And he's had that yeah. common influence throughout the whole club, in the, especially in terms of the, the how long managers have been given and things yeah. like that. The patience he has, there's so, been so much consistency around yeah. the club, and that stemmed from him. Yeah, he showed him. You know, during the early the early days of his ownership, it was a bit choppy and changey before he officially got hold of it. Mm. You know, Alan Irving got sacked, you know, and it led to a little bit of instability when Darren Ferguson lasted only a year. Phil Brown lasted a year. Yeah. Graham and Wesley Westley. by, you know, like 13 months. But since then... They've really Once nailed he kind it of down. Found the, Simon, what he was Gra- looking for. Simon Grayson, four years, four months in charge. Alex Neal, three and three, three and a half years, if not yeah. about three years, nine months. You know, like yeah. a, a, a real good, decent amount of time. Especially given the average length of a manager's stay yeah. at the moment is about twelve months yeah. at best. I think in the Championship, it's averaging about eleven months yeah. or something like that. So, if you think about it, when, when Frankie McAvoy took over, now yeah, technically got the head coach role, but. He, he he was following two guys into the chart into the job who basically between them had done eight years. Yeah. To have only two managers in eight years, it's yeah, pretty much you know. Like, and the only it's against the grain these days, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The only blip on that record is probably whether Al- Alan Irving deserved more time. But yeah. With Darren Ferguson, it wasn't really down to the owner. It was he wasn't doing well enough, or the team weren't yeah. doing well enough. Mm-hmm. Phil Brown, similar Wesley. I mean, doesn't need much of introduction. What happened there? Mm-hmm. But then once he found something he could sort of work with yeah. or something that seemed positive, was more than happy to, to give him to give mm. that, that man the time and, and yeah. let them do their thing. Yeah. And you know, Simon Grayson was another I spoke to yesterday about his time working at North End under Trevor Emmons. Trevor Emmons was owner when he got the job, he was owner when he left to go to Sunderland. So, you know, his full four year, four and a half years covered that, you know, his time there and um you know, he said he was, I think Simon Grayson described him, he said one of these owners, he, you know, some owners can be too overpowering, they're always there. He said he'd come to the training ground every now and then, have a chat, have a catch-up. He said he'd take him on socials at the end of the season to go for a race meeting somewhere. And he said he said he was great company, young at heart, mm. is the phrase he described him as, you know. And he said, but he said he, 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 he Trevor Emmons let sort of Peter Risdale and Simon Grayson get on with it, you know, and I, you know, I presume exactly the same happened with Alex Neal as well. It was Alex Neal and Peter Risdale and it will be happening now, you know, like he, he, he will have wanted every penny accounted for, but he wasn't one of these guys who was, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, his phone calls many a day to Peter Risdale. Fair enough, that's Peter Risdale's yeah. job. But Peter Ridsdale sort of was the middleman that communication, you know, he was the one on the phone all the time. 
but like managers, they could be just left to get on with it, you know. Trevor Hemmings wasn't there, what's he doing, what are they doing in training today? You know, if he went to the training ground sometimes, he was interested to see what was happening, but he wasn't one of these ones demanding all the time, what Mm. what are they doing there, what are they doing now, you know. So, um, so no, it seemed, you know, the... People, people who work there were happy to work that way, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, and it seemed it seemed to like the perfect mix of him wanting to be involved and knowing what's going on, mm-hmm. but not directly telling people what to do and stuff. So yeah. you, you've got that owner who's invested and wants to wants to know what's going yeah. on with the club, but isn't mm. isn't interfering or yeah. anything like that. Um, there's been a a big outpouring of, of tributes towards mm. him and all that sort of stuff, especially from from obviously PNE fans. Yeah. And from all other clubs as well. That was, you know, like for an owner, you know, like I think it went above and beyond, you know, Mm. it was it was late Monday, it was about half ten when the news was announced. Yeah, eleven o'clock. It was a late hour, yeah, that didn't stop the tributes pouring in, you know, like um it's just the the respect, you know, which people of from outside the club and obviously the respect people inside and around North End clearly had yeah but as well stepping across beyond that across racing. football yeah, yeah. Well, racing he was absolutely a massive figure yeah. wasn't it he was like the the world cup of racing at the time to win the grand national to to have three horses win the grand yeah. national and he had a favorite for one that was just postponed Cl- yeah yeah cloth cap yeah was like the favorite you know he, he won other big events you know big horse and events he really was one of the, the yeah. top owners had you know, some like, wins at cheltenham as well yeah yeah so um and you know and was involved with mm. um Zara Tyndall at the Olympics and uh, things like that. He, he sent she rode his horse. Yeah, the, uh, sent sent horses to the Olympics as well, which yeah. is, you know, even better. And but just on that note, I just had to smile at you know. You look through a list of all the tributes and the stories written about him. Big list on news now. For example, you know, Preston North End owner passes away. You know, it's all the same story. And there's one from Hello Magazine. <laughs> Sarah Phillips, sort of, uh, Sarah Tyndall, sort of devastated by yeah. the loss Sad of clothes. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really, really different take on it. But it shows yeah. it wasn't just football for him, you know, like yeah. he, his name spread beyond, you know, well beyond these circles, you know. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if you saw the video, and I can't remember where it, it was from. I don't know if it was Racing TV, Racing Post, something like that. And they'd gone to his yard, mm-hmm. and it was showing him uh, going around his horses, and they yeah. were showing a couple of the the national winners and mm-hmm. winners and stuff like that, and just the way he was with his horses and how happy he was and stuff like that. Like friends to him, wasn't yeah, it? And yeah, it yeah. showed that as you mentioned before, that sort of young at heart spirit that he'd always had yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, I must admit, I didn't have many dealings with him, but mm-hmm. everyone I've spoken to before now mm-hmm. has never really had a bad word to say about no. him they've always said every time they've met him he's been nothing yeah. but lovely it was great you know like I've, I've, I've done this job now what this is my 10th or 11th season covering North End that started in 2009 and probably I've spoken to him less than a dozen times probably mm. but whenever I did it was sometimes in a bit sort of different circumstances than you would expect to be talking to an owner but he didn't want the publicity he didn't he didn't quite rightly you know you do get owners at some clubs or who are on the phone all the time Mm. and i think i think that's a bit too much sometimes you don't you don't want silent owners like man united glazes or something who haven't communicated with fans but again you don't want them talking all the time you know but um couple of t- you know like the times i've rung him it's been a little or he's rung me it's been a little bit unexpected on some a totally different matter or something but one, once i did go i went to um got invited to a, a lunch they had every year ahead of the grand national hmm. 
probably about three or four years ago now at Aintree, and that it was a launch event. You know, they did the weights and whatnot a few mm. weeks before, and Trevor Emmons was like the guest of honor. Uh, you know, and w- when we'd all had our lunch and everything, there was a, a few minutes to you know have a, have a walk around the room, and I got I got a few minutes with him. I just introduced myself again. He's like, "I'll come and sit down," you know, and had a good chat with him, you know. And he said how I got involved in racing. He said, um, "You know, Mr. Evan, Trevor Evans, he was a long term diabetic, mm. um, and when he was diagnosed with diabetes, his doctor recommended." good thing to do is get a hobby as well you know like it's good for you to get outside get away from the stresses of work and he said so i think fred ponting when he worked for the pontins you know he was linked up with the pontins in the 70s fred ponting who owns pontins had a horse race then and i think uh that trevor had a little bit of a, a liking for his horses then but i think when his doctor had told him yeah you know get yourself a hobby get yourself away from work and everything i thought yeah that's when he went into the horse you know got serious about horse racing and Oh, well, that doctor knew what he'd started. Yeah, and, but you know, but it wasn't just a little bit of an interest mm-hmm. to like go to the odd race meeting when yeah. you end up with three grand national winners and like uh, God knows what else stud, oh. stud farms all over the place. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, he, he took it to heart, and there was, a, there was an interview with him last night, showing you know from two thousand nine, I think it was, shown on one of the news channels, and he was saying he said. I don't just take up a hobby, you know, mm. I want to do it properly. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I wish I could take up a hobby and be the best in, like, yeah, <laughs> best know, in the yeah. field yeah. Yeah. three yeah. times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, as a fan, mm. the best thing he did for mm. Preston North End fans yeah. was just gave you that peace of mind. Yeah, yeah, there was, you know, there was always, as you say, you know, there, were, there was always a question, could, could they do more, you know, as a club but you know, that's for another day now, mm. whether they can push forward again. But, you know, at the moment, you know, seventh season in the championship, we'd all like to be pushing on. Mm. But there was never that risk where they were going to go out of business or do something stupid financially, was there? You know, even yeah. during the pandemic, you know, straight away, they knew the club was going to survive it you know and come through it and it mm. has you know everyone's like, wages paid in full which yeah. not every club did no and he got i don't know there was that was sometimes used as a bit of a stick to beating with wasn't it you know yeah, like the tax issue and whatever you know like well we paid our tax wow you know whatever but he did and the club mm. still you know there's no there's no problems with administration or late wages or anything mm. you know like everything's paid everything's and know, the club has come on since since he was in charge. I know, mm. obviously, there was a plans to build a new training ground and all that was a bit slow, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But mm-hmm. that was probably, they that have was, still got yeah. a new training ground that's... Yeah. The, the, the Ingle one was a flying ointment, wasn't it? Mm. It wasn't probably, you know, the best pit spell of the club for that, you know, and there's still, you know, I suppose still ongoing. They've got the patch of land in Ingle, which isn't being used or whatever. Mm. But as you say, they've now got the excellent training ground it's been open about I think about a year ago. Mm. Give a day or two a year ago now. The players have been, you know, training there, and it's um, an amazing facility. It's an amazing facility, and it, I, I did the piece at the time that um, it used to be the sort of the, the smaller building there, you know, which is still standing. Mm. It used to be part of the ROF Social Club, you know, the Royal Ordnance Factory, which used to be in that sort of Butshaw Village site where the training ground is now, that was a sort of social club for him. And uh, I think it was the area when he was a younger guy, he used to live around there. Mm. So it's a sort of, Exton's a bit of a trip down memory lane for him, mm. you know, like, uh, 
So it's you know it's quite ironic that all those years later, having gone to a social club with his dad there, it's now mm. North End's training ground. You mm. know, so uh, yeah, you know, base of operations for his club. Exactly, yeah, yeah, because everything is done from there now. Actually, yeah. you know, deep, all the offices and things. Deepdale is mainly a sort of match day venue, yeah. isn't it? Now, you know, like the you know the day to day running is all at Exton, yeah. So, but you know that was another thing, you know, like. Um, while while Trevor Emmons was eighty six when he passed, and it mm. was a, it was a, it was an unexpected death, you know, mm. he hadn't been unwell or anything. He was planning to go. He to was he was he was due, it was due on yesterday. the Tuesday, yeah, 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 you know, like he he, he passed away Monday evening, mm. and on yeah that afternoon apparently he'd been on the phone and everything. Yeah, I'm coming over tomorrow, you know, like coming over on this helicopter like he did. It was just going to be another day, you know, mm. sort of. I, I think during the pandemic. Because of his health, you know, the fact that he was diabetic and he was, you know, elderly in years and travel restrictions, it wasn't possible to get over from the Isle of Man a lot, mm. you know, like, uh, but I think in the couple of months before, you know, he had been coming over again. I don't know if he got to games or not, but he was certainly at the training ground. We were at a press conference yeah. at the training ground. Saw him out the window. I think it was about probably on the Thursday before the Birmingham game, mm. I would have thought, or maybe the West Brom game. It was around there. Because he was talking to Ali McCann in the car yeah. park, who just who'd signed and arrived recently. So I mm. think it was around the Birmingham game. So he was um, with his introductions to him and Josh Murphy, and I remember I think he was talking to Alan Brown in the car park mm. as well. You know, so um, you know, so he, he was there, and it was just just part of it. You know, yeah. part of his part of his visiting life. Yeah. You know, all part that. of his routine was just yeah. to email and be like, "Oh, I'm coming in." Yeah, and then. You know, because I, I think people at PNE would do a, a flow test just to make sure and stuff like that because yeah. there was obviously safety precautions and things like that. And that yeah. was the plan. Everyone was like, "Yeah, right." Everyone knows what yeah. we're doing. And then obviously he's he, he's not he's mm. not made it, and that's no. that's a surprise. I think it's taken so many people by surprise, nice. and it's mm-hmm. been there at Exton as well. You can cut, sort of sense it in the staff at PNE and things like that that it's just still still this sort of just disbelief yeah. as they're the going around that, that, that that's changed and it's such a seismic yeah. thing to happen at the club as well mm-hmm. yeah so 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 sad you know yeah. I think it will take time you know beyond the next couple of weeks to digest yeah. it all really yeah. you know, so. and there's plans I think going between the fans more than anything I don't mm-hmm. think the club are getting are planning to get involved in it um, as such about uh, wearing flat caps to the game and, and doing something on the 11th minute is that, of, is that right? Yeah, at, I saw the, I've seen the cloth cap things and everything. Mm. You know, like, I think that's a wonderful idea. You know, like, you rarely photographed without mm. his cloth cap, wasn't it? You know, like, that, that, that was part of the way he dressed. So I think that'd be a really nice touch. As you say, it doesn't really need the club to get involved in that. It's a, I think fan led things are a beauty in football. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're all the better for it. North End have done their massive yep. bit with the Fiverr admission. Mm. You know that, and that won't be the only thing on the no, day. Either. No, it won't be. You know, I'm sure there'll be the black armbands will be a minute silent sort of for. Yeah. Um, They'll be wearing the home kit as well. Yeah, not because yeah. the fans mentioned as well that uh, about potentially wearing the 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 green and yellow yeah. away kit in mm-hmm. Mr. Hemmings's colours, but. I think the view from the club is that they can honour him without having to yeah. to change the kit. Yeah, I would have thought. You know, stick stick to what they know. I think on that yeah. one. You know, like blue and white's home colours. You know. It is you don't you, you don't want to sort of change too much, you yeah. know. So, to say the main thing is biggest crowd as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know if, if people can get there, you know, and, you know, fill fill more of the seats than normal. That that, that that's the best one they can yeah. do. If you know people there in cloth caps, I think that's 
that's yeah. a nice thing. And then if it's an eleven minute applause or whatever, whatever, you, it'd be great to have something like that. You yeah. know, so and people will see it. People will, yeah. those connected to him will see it, and they will yeah. be able to appreciate. Market. And it, it might help them yeah. through yeah. whatever period is next for them. I'm sure his picture will be on the big screen. Yep. You know, ahead of kickoff and during it, you know, any silence or, or whatever minutes applause or whatever they have. You know, there's great ways of honouring it, and then probably what he'd want. Mm. Is North End just get on with it yeah. in front of a good sized crowd yeah. and try and get three points? Yeah. Three points would be the the ultimate, wouldn't it? You yeah. know, like that's what we're in football for on a Saturday yeah. night at five o'clock. You're leaving the pitch with three points. Yeah, and as we say, um, set him up for for leading into that that Blackpool game. That's yeah, absolutely huge. Yeah, um, and I can't remember who I was talking to. Um, I don't know who told me about it but there was a story where he I don't know if you were saying about maybe he'd mentioned it to Mark Lawrenson mm-hmm. where he said to him 30 odd minutes yeah yeah it was yeah that was another Laurel one yeah he, he, I, like, I like Laurel for his stories but he he was there he, Mark Lawrenson it was just before the lockdown you know like you know like early 2020 and he, he, Laurel had watched the match in the Invincibles and I think afterwards while he waited for the ground you know the traffic to clear he just sat in one of the executive boxes for a few minutes and like and Trevor Owens walked past and like, yeah, like, Mark, how you doing? And he just said to him, 34 minutes. Laura said, Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah, 34 minutes what? You know, he said, uh the so 34 minutes, he said, best best ever yet. The best time ever. He said, Well, what for? He says, getting out of bed, getting ready, getting the helicopter, getting over from the Isle of Man to uh, to Deepdale. He said, 34 minutes, like start <laughs> to finish. He said, best we are world record so <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know how accurate that was you know yeah. but you know like uh, he'd, he'd, he'd obviously you can imagine him sat in the helicopter looking at his mm-hmm. watch can't you we need to be here by this time yeah yeah <laughs> won't waste a minute yeah um, but yeah I think it goes without saying obviously our, our thoughts are with everyone involved oh, yeah. and all that, that that knew him and He's you got it, you know. He's got like um, a lasting legacy. Four, four children, a lot of grandchildren. You yeah. know, like um, I'm, I've actually met Craig Emmons for the first, seen him plenty of times. I actually met him for the first time at the reserve game a couple of weeks ago. You know, before all this, and you know, I just said, "Oh, it's nice to you know finally meet and everything." So, you know, so, so we've got you know Craig Emmons and, and and all that. You know, he's got a couple of brothers and a sister and everything. So condolences to yeah, you know absolutely. to 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 all, to all the family and his friends. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. You know, I just hope it. You know, it's, it's it's a difficult time at the moment, but you know, you know, speaking from experience, you lose a parent, it does get easier eventually. Mm. But you know, I just hope you know that at the moment he's grieving. You know, the family's grieving. With so much publicity on you, you know the rest of us don't grieve like that. Do you? Mm. you know, we've just got ourselves to to think about. But you know, yeah. like he's, when um, he, he's greet, you know, Craig Emmons and like his, his family, they're all grieving with, you know, like thousands of pair of eyes on on the football club. That's and, it. and then another millions eyes from the racing world. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. Y- there's not many people that are having to to grieve for the loss of a family member with fifteen thousand people going. Well, what's happening with yeah. what's happening with the club? Like, what's 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 next? And that's part of it. You know, if you're in the industry like that if you you are an owner you've got to know that will happen but yeah. no, it doesn't make it any easier does it you know no, so no. Uh, but uh no but you know like um hopefully as you know time got time willies and i think all the you know the the people's tributes and mm. memories of him that have been talked about 
hope that can help. You know, like look, 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 look what effect Trevor Emmons had on this world. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Um, All we can really say is, is thank you to yeah, him yeah. for what he's done for the club and and yeah. for the city as yeah. well. In, in and his I think, yeah, charity I think, work. I think yeah, the charity work was a big one. You know, like one of our colleagues Brian here did a big piece on various um, charities he's helped around mm. here, Rainbow House at Maudsley. The um, you know the, the school for children with disabilities. It's an excellent facility. They refurbished it. I went to the opening. We got invited to the opening, and the work they done there was fantastic. I know he, he helped fund the safe centre for victims of sexual assault at the Royal Preston Hospital back in 2002. He got awarded, you know, the award from Princess Anne for his work for charities mm. over the years. And apparently, one of one of his last public appearances was a couple of weeks ago on the Island Man. He'd uh, funded a, a, a building of a, a, a big soft play area. Yeah, at a primary chil- school. A primary school. It might have been a children, uh, some kind of hospice. I think it might have even been, mm. you know. But yeah, um, it was. What a, you know, that that was him really, you know. Mm. Like he, he didn't like the publicity, you know, about mm. it. He just wanted to get on with it, you know. So, uh, mm. um, yeah. So, no, sad, you know, it's been a sad few days and, you know, it will, you know, this tone will be reverberating for for a little bit, you know. Yeah. Right? But uh, as I say, Saturday three o'clock at Deepdale. Yeah. Many people as possible to get there, and hopefully, you know, pay their respects, and hopefully, the, the biggest respect they can pay them is getting three points. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully, we get the result that everyone wants mm. in the wake of it all. That he is honoured in the best way, and yeah. and they get that win, and then you know start kicking on after so long without a win. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about it for uh, this week. Make sure to keep in touch with us on Twitter at Tom Sandals at Seds underscore LEP and at LEP underscore football for uh, all the PNE content. Go to lep.co.uk for daily PNE stories and uh, check out all our PNE content in the Lancashire Post and buy a paper. Anything else you'd like to add, Dave? No, no, I just think that's that's about it, really. You know, yeah. we've got, like, as I say, on the, on the football side of it, two massive home games now. Yeah. The Derby was already a big, you know, it was already a big game because it was an X one, and there were three points, you know, and the fact that it's back-to-back home games, them and Coventry. Yeah. Coventry have started probably the surprise package, mm. I thought, of the championship this season. It's a, it's a big block of games. You've got these two home games. You've got Blackpool, yeah. which doesn't, yeah, you know, that's a big one. You've got yeah. Liverpool, which for me is not just a sort of ooh, bonus game, isn't it? Nice to play Liverpool. North End could be in the quarter five. If they, if yeah. they could beat a second-string Liverpool team... which Go show what you're made up. of. Yeah, if they could win that, they'd be yeah. in the quarter-final of a cup competition for the first time in a long time. You know, mm. a lot of lot of North End fans, unless you're sort of... You know, like I'm, I'm 50. You know, mm. I've, I've no, nowhere near seen North End in a quarter final of the cup competition. Yeah. If they could get into that, that'd be absolutely brilliant. I think it's so important. If they could somehow get past Liverpool, you then the likelihood is in the last eight you get a big, another big game anyway. Yeah. You know, like and then you can start thinking. Then beyond that, you got another home game against Luton. Mm-hmm. You know, which you know you want the points from. Then they got two tough away games: Bournemouth on a Wednesday night, and then Forest. Yeah, longest away game of the season on a on a, on a Wednesday night, and then uh, yeah, then Nottingham Forest we seem to have picked up mm. since Steve Cooper take, and that's a big seven matches in twenty one days. Yep. Before the next international break, it's yeah. a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, or Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, sort of pattern yet again. I'd rather be playing all like that. If you're playing every week, it means you've done well in the cup. Yeah, you know, like you know. I'm not one of these ones who can play too many matches. 
yeah. get it, get them played. Yeah, get, yeah. Make progress. In the and cup. if you can find that consistency in selection as well, it makes life easy. You can just kind of go into the next game. You don't yeah. have to think too much. Just keep playing as, as you are and yeah. crack on, hopefully. But, but as I say, big block of games before the next international break as well. Yeah. And um, with what, you know, with Trevor Emmons' passing as well, I think that just adds to the whole sort of, you know, the, the, the size of, mm. you know, this next few weeks anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. And it all starts this weekend. So it hopefully does, it, all, yeah. it all kicks on from there. Yeah. I could say as well, thank you to people who contributed to our coverage of Trevor Hemmings' passing. You know, yeah. like fans on social media giving their thoughts. Rang a few people from the footballing world, mentioned a few of them there. You know, appreciate the time. You know, they were very quick to, to ring you back or, you know, mm. speak to you, offer the thoughts. And uh when you don't have to, you know, but yeah. you know, we just want to do it justice, don't yeah, we? We want to do, yeah, you we know, want to do the, yeah. the 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 size of yeah. of what's going on. We're not jumping on a bandwagon or anything. I just think yeah. people, you know, like you know, people in life that, that they deserve, you know, when when you know when they've done certain things in life and whatever. I mm. think they deserve, you know, it. It deserves marking. It deserves respect, yeah. and they deserve know. their stories told of yeah. of, yeah. of their interactions yeah. with him, and and yeah. to to hear more of mm. of the person that he was, because he was generally quite private anyway. Yeah. So we need to get that out there so people can appreciate yeah. his life there'll more. Be a lot, there'll be a lot of stuff which won't get reported because yeah. we don't know about. You know, and we never will. You know, it's it's been you know like any especially charity work a lot of it was very private mm. we won't get to hear about it but a lot of people will have benefited from it you know so yeah uh, yeah yeah but thank you for that yeah so uh well all that's left to say really is uh thank you very much for listening mm-hmm.